0: Friday night and whilst Jolon is preparing to go out on the town of Cardiff with his friends I have just fake tan so I will be a different colour by the end of this podcast. I'm in my pyjamas and I've uh, got some handmade falafel burgers slowly cooking in the oven. That is how different we roll but there is another gentleman who is on this podcast who doesn't care what day it is what month it is what year it is his name is Matthew Day do you actually even know what day it is seems like Dallas Fars probably haven't slept for at least four months
1: I no, I don't know what day it is but I'm I'm slowly recovering over the last sort of three or four days catching up on sleep and uh, I'm sure I'm gonna lose more over the next week
0: Ah, it's an exciting week in NHL time. Uh, We have got to the night before the Stanley Cup final playoff, final round, whatever you call it, begins. Who cares? We're going to talk about it. Here's some music. So, Matthew Day, I mean, basically, I guess on the last episode, we said we thought it was going to be Dallas and a Tampa final, and for once in a life, Jolon didn't curse us, and we were actually right. Thank you, thank you, thank I, you.
1: I was pretty angry when I listened back and heard Jolon pick Dallas to win. Do you know I what, did, as soon I as, did as, soon as I did it,
2: I regretted it. I like said, oh, I really want Dallas to win. I went, oh, why would I do that? I like that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, I mean, how on earth are you going to... Are you basically going to say that you want Tampa to win the Stanley Cup, on Is that what we need to get you to say?
2: I have, I, I don't know. I've gone beyond my uh, my curses now because I don't know. Because I was consistent in getting it wrong for so long. And then I, I backed Dallas and they got through. Um, all I will say at this point is I am so glad the New York Islanders did not get to the Stanley Cup final. I was so happy that
1: that Aww. was the case. What have you got against the Islanders?
2: They are so boring. <laughs> I mean, all—I uh, appreciate Matt that you're a Dallas fan, but the thought of a New York Islanders versus Dallas Stars final—it would just be like the world's longest stalemate, where they were both trying to like eke each other out with the best defense and everything. And oh no, 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 no! I need Tamper in there for the offense and the excitement, and I'm all for Dallas taking them down. That's fine. But I needed some excitement in that Stanley Cup final, and Tampa are going to bring it.
1: Wow, well, I, mean, I, I can't, I can't disagree that two defensive teams in in the final would have been a bit uh, a bit interesting. But I think it would have been a good a good chess match.
2: Yeah, but but that's fine. That if you've got a like a horse in the race to follow, but as us neutrals here, we've got so, we need some entertainment. And while the Islanders are impressive in the way that they play hockey versus the Dallas Stars, that was going to Game Seven, and there was going to be a grand total of three goals per game in that. <laughs> a lots of overtime. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was going on three or
2: four times. I mean, look at the way that Tampa struggled to break down the Islanders. Fair play to them, and it was it was interesting comparing that to vegas and dallas and how that you know vegas had all those shots against dallas and yet they managed to win and it was very similar in the islanders series and i am just glad that we don't have to watch that dallas islanders final
0: okay well let's um we'll depict the teams that were and the teams that are um a quick hello actually to uh, a couple of people who've reached out um first of all is a chap called owen uh he's a self uni student and he said he's just getting into nhl um hello owen he says that he's hoping our, our podcast will be very educational for him Uh, (laughs) we hope that we do not disappoint. But then Rachel also sent us an email. Rachel is 19 and literally never watched any ice hockey before lockdown. Since March, she's completely thrown herself into it. Uh, We're one of the podcasts that she listens to when she's at work. Um, And so obviously when she came in to the whole scene of ice hockey, she didn't have a team. And they say that your team chooses you rather than you choose your team. But quite shockingly what's she, what's she done? I don't you know when you just think, oh, of all you've got thirty-one teams to choose and you choose this team. So she says, I've discovered, discovered after long consideration, she added that actually, that I also um, bleed blue. I'm a maple leafs fan uh, all the way. I was somewhat gutted they didn't pass the qualifiers. But being so new to it, I've decided it's a good thing that they have room to improve so I get to witness their rise to the top, which I'm sure is inevitable. Uh, She loves Riley. She loves Matthews. um, And since Robinson and her are both new to the Leafs, she's totally committed to following his career wherever he goes. Uh, She did say she likes Colorado Avalanche uh, and McKinnon. So... uh, Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, obviously your salesmanship, Jolon, about constantly talking about the Leafs has like certainly imprinted in her mind the Leafs. Rachel, you need to support the Leafs. Every time you just forget about them, then Jolon comes in and says, yeah, it reminds me of this guy used to play for the Leafs. What, what have I? What have I
2: said that would make you think? I'm just sorry. I've just actually that...
0: pulled my headphones out, um, right. so I've I mean, no idea what you're saying. That's how much what, I'm editing this.
2: What? What have I said that would make you think that is the team that I want to follow? Like, there's nothing that I have said that makes me think. Yeah, they. That's a strong choice for good, consistent, high-performing <laughs> team. There's nothing about that. It's all the hype and absolutely no follow-through with that team. I mean, I'm. So, I, it's great that you've come on board. Welcome to the club. It's going to be miserable. And uh, that's the only thing that we'll be able to relate to, the fact that it's miserable.
0: No, I- she did also send a little um, thing about where we are right now, actually, on Twitter to us, saying she records Tamper will do this in seven. Uh, sorry, Matt. Bit sad that Vegas didn't stick it out for longer and push a game six and seven just for their quality chirps.
1: <laughs> yeah, they do. they do like to chirp. Oh,
0: My Matt God, right. they do!
2: Like, uh, I mean, it's great that we can welcome on another Leafs fan. Um, I hope the team can live up to, to the, <laughs> the, the, the fan group. Um, what was it like, Matt, going through that kind of just before the Stanley Cup? It must have been insane. It,
1: it, it's like it's one of those weird things because, like, you at the beginning of August, I just did not really expect to be in the stanley cup final or even in the, the western conference final so i think you, you're kind of one moment you're really enjoying it and you're smiling and the next minute i felt sick i mean i, I messaged Jonathan in games <laughs> going i think i'm gonna throw up like just before overtime started because in that game five yeah it, it just before overtime it was just it was just so tense and that whole series Apart from game two where where Vegas won three nil, the whole series was decided by one goal in every game, and yeah. it was so tight um, and yeah it was just it was just incredibly tense and then that that feeling of relief was just and it's been quite nice having the, the last four days to kind of enjoy it and, and let it soak in and get were, some
2: you, sleep. were you hoping it would go to game seven just to give oh, you yeah. another
1: couple of days definitely
0: <laughs> the thing uh, is right because game five like 15 seconds into the third vegas were, were there they were taking it to game six and they had a two nil shutout I mean, like Jolon, you put it great on our little message where really, you're like, basically, you just don't need to watch the first two periods of game five. It was completely pointless. Just get straight to the third. I mean, I knew that you said that you were like a, a third period team, Matt, but I mean, I was just like, whoo. I mean, and there was there was even some debate, wasn't there, whether there was a cross check or not. So, you know, whether whether there was actually a goal, was it on your first you come back Just, goal. Yeah, I the, mean, on the
1: first one, I, th- I think it's the playoffs, and there's so many missed calls. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you guys think, but it's either a penalty or it's not. It shouldn't matter that it's the playoffs because there 's too much yeah. ambiguity so so some calls ambiguity within the game individual games, so something might not get called in period one, but then it gets called in period three or, or vice versa so we just need consistency as a player and a fan, I suppose, so that we we understand it but I think um, that that game that game five just summed up this stars team and, and why I think like stars fans are so proud of them at the moment because they just don't know when to give up. I mean, in every, in every series in this playoffs, we've been down and we've got the most comebacks yeah. all season of any team and they just, they just don't know when to give up. And, and I think regardless of what happens in the, in the, the final, um, just incredibly proud of this team and how they've, they've, they've got through so much adversity this season and then they've shown it and turned up in the playoffs when you really want them to.
2: It's funny, that word adversity, because I was going to say that. I I don't think you can get to the Stanley Cup final without being able to deal with that adversity. And you, I was actually quite surprised at the game last night with Tampa and the New York Islanders, because I thought when right at the end of the game, when the New York Islanders killed that four-minute um, penalty, which went over into overtime as well, they managed to kill that. And it's those kind of moments where you think, actually... I I kind of think the New York Islanders are probably going to win this in overtime because they have got over that kind of hurdle um, of adversity that they dealt with. And you look at Dallas and you look at Tampa and, you know, New York Islanders, if they'd have got there, and those teams have all throughout this playoffs got through some kind of adversity. You look back at Tampa, I remember thinking that they, um, I heard on on the NBC commentary that they'd played something like they played 20 games worth of hockey in 16 games. <laughs> like that's how much overtime the Tampa My Bay Lightning God. have played in this route. And of course they had that insane game against Columbus that went to like yeah. a million overtime and and all of these teams. And and that's where you kind of as a fan you think actually, that's what you need to overcome. Yes, you need skill. Yes, you need physicality. Yes, you need those kind of cornerstones. You need good goaltending. Of course you do. But actually, all of that stuff is fine and gets you to a certain point. But there will become a point when you get a four-minute major against you and it's not right, or you get a moment where you have to overturn the odds and push something in your favour. And that is what those teams have done to get to the Stanley Cup final.
0: Yeah, I so agree, because I've got to say, when I was watching, you could kind of go through a tick list, couldn't you? Have they got someone who can pull out the big hits? Have they got a chirper? Have they got someone who will drop the gloves? Have they got a coach who's got an interesting story and has been around the NHL for a long time? Have they got someone who's great handiwork? Have you got some veterans that they could close their eyes and they would know where their line mate is? And for me... Like I just re- it made me realise how far I feel that we've got to go as a Toronto Maple Leafs, that we've had so many line changes, so many new players come in. We haven't quite got all the mix quite right. We've got a, a new coach, a coach that hasn't necessarily got experience in the NHL or even in playoffs. Um, and when you're kind of watching these teams, it really opens your eyes to think, I could see the holes in my team's game, because often I think, as a, when you are a fan, especially from afar, because we're not watching—you know—we don't turn the TV on and there's NHL all the time. It's it's always bloody football, so you only really quite narrowly watching your team play all the time. But when you come to this, I think it really gives you a chance to look at the game from a different perspective and and really, yeah, understand what kind of talent is in top talent is in the league right now.
2: It's so true because you don't, I don't know about any of you guys, but I don't watch any other regular season ice hockey other than the Leafs, just because what they play three or four times a week. And, you know, we've all got jobs and we've all got lives and and it's hard enough to fit in your own team to, to follow. And, you know, one of the, I guess, advantages of being a Leafs fan is you can watch other teams in the playoffs because yours isn't involved. And, it, it, you're right, Claire. It, it is fascinating watching how those other teams operate. And, you know, it's not to say that I think Tampa, Tampa getting through to the, the final, all I'll say, the only thing I'll say to Leafs fans in this and our new Leafs fan, I'll say, Tampa getting through to the final is a good thing for the Leafs because while they have got elements of their team that the Leafs are lacking, you know, Barkley, Goodrow, and, and players like that who've got some real grit that the Leafs could learn a lot from they have proven that you can win with skill as your main thing and that is what the tampa bay have yes they have loads of other stuff but that is their main thing they are fast and they're skillful and so mm. for a league this is probably quite exciting my biggest worry and we joke but my biggest worry was the islanders and the dallas stars get through and they just slug it out in this kind of like defense versus defense physical hitting and stuff and because the nhl is such a copycat league. My worry is that a lot of teams would then go, well, that's how we get to the Stanley Cup final. And we would go back again to that. And I don't know, as a neutral, I prefer watching the kind of offense first type of hockey. But it has been really interesting to be able to watch that. As a fan, Matt, though, it must be totally different because you're rooting for your team all the way through this. And and I guess the the biggest surprise with Dallas has been the fact that they have been so off- offensively efficient, yeah. when you were thinking in those early rounds that they wouldn't even be able to score more than two goals.
1: But but I think a lot of that is um, kind of touching on what Claire was saying about how far the Leafs are away. I, I disagree about how far away they are because I, I think they just need a couple of players with a winning mentality and experience in, in different areas. Because I think looking at Dallas... The two players that have made the biggest difference in the playoffs. One of them has scored goals in Joe Pavelski, and the other one hasn't really scored many goals. But I think his mentality, Corey Perry, has he he's a winner, he's a fighter, you know, he's a battler, and I think his mentality has has kind of rubbed off. and And those two in the dressing having those two extra leaders in the dressing room. Has really changed the way our team has performed in the playoffs. Now, in the regular season, I have to be honest, I didn't see that from either of them. Joe Pavelski underperformed, Corey Perry underperformed, and I was kind of thinking these two signings didn't work. But in the playoffs, it's really kind of they've switched on, they've turned up, and it, it, this, this is obviously the time of year that they they go to win. And I think I think it's about a balance. You obviously need a lot of luck. <laughs> um, I won't lie, we've had a lot of luck, but we seem to have built a team that's got this balance. We can score goals, we can be defensive, we can shut down in the third period, but we've also got these these leaders in the team and throughout the team that just will not give up.
2: Jason Spetzer was one for the Leafs this year, and I mean, I know he was at Dallas before um, he was at the Leafs, and you know, him having. Him fighting uh, somebody in that Columbus series. Now I know that didn't go the Leafs' way, but that game was the game that they turned it around and had that incredible comeback. and And a lot of the Leafs' players were put pinpointing that moment of Jason Spezza dropping the gloves, and that was not something that he did as a player. It's not what he's known for, but it's that kind of passion and that kind of leadership on the ice and in the dressing room that you appreciate. And one of the things that I heard and and kind of made me a little bit excited about next year was the the Leafs were rumored with trying to bring the likes of um, Joe Thornton and uh, players like that in for their fourth line now you know it's fair enough they would be fourth line players but you could have a fourth line of something like Joe Thornton Jason Spezza and people like that and you think regardless of whether that fourth line's effective or not
0: be like the geriatric line. It <laughs> would yeah, it would. But... You know what? Zidane Chara might not stay at Boston. Get oh, him in. No, Add no, him no. on.
2: No, 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 I have principles. But <laughs> still, like you think you have a fourth line like that, and that would be incredible to bring that level of experience and maturity and Stanley Cup kind of
1: playoffs i think uh, knowledge. I think it's been more important this year because of the bubble.
0: Yeah, yeah, keeping keeping you know, your sanity. Yeah. Did yeah. you hear and, about Steven Stamkos, don't you? You know, yeah. he's still an active part in that dressing room even though he hasn't played since February the 25th.
1: He came out for the trophy presentation and and you know, he's yeah. a big part of that team and I think I think we we spoke in the in the preview for the playoffs. We spoke about would it be better or worse to have an older team or a younger team in the bubble? Is that experience going to be a good thing? Will the fact that they've got families at home be a bad thing? But I think I think it's turned out like the experience has has done good. Certainly from a Dallas and and I think a Tampa point of view, um, neither of the teams are, are incredibly young, um, and that that experience has has kind of seen them through this bubble, which is probably something they'll never go through again, um, and it's it's. It's been a once in a lifetime kind of thing for them.
0: You know what I also thought was interesting with Vegas. You know they were they're obviously a pretty great team, but there, it was two people that just came around and around and around. Mark Stone and Robin Lena. I mean, Mark Stone was everywhere. I mean he was being Mark Stone, like you know, Stephen Edwards, our Colorado fan, would absolutely be going off on one. But he was chirping all the time. He was hitting. There was a bit of there was even a bit of spinorama. You know, there was cheeky back passes. He just had like exactly what you say, Jordan, that kind of all-round game. The the guy that you kind of don't really want to be on the opposing team. Um and Robin Leonard, you know, as him and Dobby did the handshake that they, they lingered you know there was like something that was said from the heart i mean these Respect. handshakes have so much more power this year i find them quite emotional maybe because like, i'm a girl and i end up <laughs> watching them really late at night and you've just committed how many hours i was um, i was
1: crying during the leafs handshake claire don't worry about it <laughs> i was gonna say i think i missed the dallas vegas handshakes because <laughs> was still on the ceiling <laughs> I was going to say, I was in floods of tears. There's nothing about our agenda. <laughs>
0: <But>, you <laughs> but know, no, you're, you,
1: yeah, you're, you're so
0: right. Brilliant.
2: You're so right. And those those players and, and what they bring is, I always find it interesting and I, I've noticed it more since watching as a neutral, the playoffs. But I don't know about you, Claire, but... Do, you notice those players who always get mentioned and you notice that they always get mentioned during the game. Like Ryan Reeves is one because he's such a big presence on the ice and Mark Stone's another one. And I remember back in when Calgary were in the first round and Kachuk's another one. Like he's always being mentioned because he's always involved whether he's chirping on the bench or whether he's a big hit or there's a great play or whatever it is. He's always being mentioned. There's a neutral you pick up on those players and you realize how key those players are in driving their teams and
0: it's a long Mm. playoffs
2: they talk a lot about that don't they
0: in in, you know it's something like it's a bit something that you'd hear more from like the coaches rather than the reporters so the reporters will look for your top point scorers your goalies and, I don't know, you goal scorers, right? They're trophy winners. But actually what the coaches really love are the guys that get dirty in the corner, who, do, who block shots, who um, put the big hits, who go stick up for their teammates. We're not talking about the guys who drop the gloves. It's just the guys and the guys who win the face-offs. You know, they don't necessarily get points. They don't go and win a trophy. But those are the people who can turn a game around, which then enables a pass to go to somebody and put the puck in the hands of the right person who then scores the game-winning goal. And um, I think once you start following the sport for a bit longer, you you take have a bit more capacity, I think. Initially, you're like... What colour are they wearing? Which way are they going? How many people are on the ice? And what are the names? I can't pronounce half of them. Um, and then you start looking at the, the kind of the finer details, the lines, how they change, how they mix. Um, the fact that Tampa only dressed seven defensemen, You know, as we said, they're, they're super all about offensive. You've got some of the, the top point scorers in the league and have been for the last two years. Um, So you recognise some of the names. But Tampa doesn't get through to where it is without the depth guys too. And those are the type of people that we're talking about. And even now, I can't actually name you any of the depth guys in Tampa or Dallas because they're not my teams. But when I watch this series, I probably will start to become more familiar with those guys game two, game three.
2: I used to to think that the the NHL naively granted but i used to think that the NHL was missing a trick with the fact that it had a 7 game Stanley Cup final because i used to think it it really misses that super bowl moment and that moment where everybody can tune in and watch that one final and that is what the super bowl does so well and it means it doesn't matter what team you follow or anything like that you watch the super bowl and the NHL never doesn't have that because the Stanley cup final is potentially seven games over 10 days or whatever it is. And, and, you know, as a, as a neutral fan, it's, it's sometimes hard to follow that. However, having over the last, probably I'd say three years, watched the kind of playoffs as they've unfolded and watched it go through, you realize it it is such a marathon and it would be like, it would be like saying at the end of a marathon, well, actually forget the last mile, but we're going to do a hundred meter dash. And like it just wouldn't be fair. Like it's not <laughs> right. Like you've actually got to because because as part of that whole tournament, you know, the the seven game series and the and the marathon esque nature to it to kind of haul yourself over the line is what makes the Stanley Cup so impressive. And that yeah. I think is what has made what they've managed to keep during these COVID times and what we talked about earlier on in the in the playoffs about whether there'll be an asterisk next to this Stanley Cup. Yeah. No way is there going to be an asterisk next no. to the Stanley Cup because the players have absolutely had to compete at the same level that they normally would. And that is what is so special about the Stanley Cup. And that is what I think the moment your team wins, and of course, Matt's going to feel this in a couple of weeks when the Dallas Stars win, that you know, it's going to be a feeling like no other.
1: It's it's funny you should say about like the f- the final being seven games and everything because my my mum obviously she's hearing a lot about it because I'm so excited and we don't usually go this far in the playoffs and so she said oh you're you, so you're in the final
0: uh,
1: when when is it and I said <laughs> yeah. well it's it's seven games she said oh it goes on forever <laughs> yeah. it's like
0: oh it could it could be five you yeah. know.
1: But it's best of seven games. It's just like, oh my word, it goes on forever. And I think, I think it is that thing that like they don't have that big that big moment. But I think hockey, ice hockey, is more of a sport where you get into it and you get these diehard fans uh, like us watching it from afar. Who, uh, that,
0: well, that's who it, right? Because. It all. It, yeah, but
1: yeah. football—you'll would... just watch the Super Bowl,
2: and it wouldn't be right. Yeah. It wouldn't be right for the Dallas Stars now, for example, to play Tampa in one game and Tampa just be better on the day and win. Like that would not be right. <laughs> like no. considering how the playoffs are are stacked and the way it all works, that would not be the right. And hockey's such a puck luck game. Like there are games that you can just lose because the puck decided to bounce that way or the right people were in front of the goaltender when some guy shot it from, I don't know if you, either of you saw, but last night in the Islanders Tampa game, there was a shot from Johnny Boychuk which looked like he was um, dumping it in and actually he shot it on goal. And Vasilevsky like last minute kind of was standing up in his crease and not even interested because he thought he was shooting around and Then suddenly realized this puck is actually going in the top corner of the net from his own like red line and he moved across and managed to get his head to it or his shoulder to it but you know that those kind of like freak once in a million moments happen almost so often in hockey and it would yeah it would just be ridiculous to have a one game moment so i retract my statements from three years ago and it's a stupid <laughs> <Good>. idea <laughs>
0: I mean, if you like, just look at the the headlines. I know the NHL posted an article today where it looked at the storylines of this. So um, Tampa and Dallas have a chance to win the Stanley Cup for the second time. Um, Lightning uh, won in 2004. The Stars won in 1999. Um, It's the first Uh, Final Stanley Cup final ever contested in a neutral site in front of no fans. Um, And then the coaches is really interesting. So Rick Bowness, I mean, I didn't actually realise that he was actually an assistant with the Lightning for five years, 2013 to 18. But at that point, John Cooper, still the coach of Tampa, hadn't coached in the NHL before that so actually Rick bonus taught him a thing or two about how to coach in the league uh, including where the entrance was to all the road buildings like you know you're just like what the hell and so here it is like both these guys know each other have worked with each other know each other's families I mean I don't know if you want to kind of fill us in in the background about Rick um, bonus because I think I actually didn't know anything about him but just listening to his story his interview after the game the other night was what really choked me emotionally just you know that the interview was kind of asking him but what does this mean to you and your family is it Julie his wife yeah. loved by all the players I mean just give us an idea because he he's not new to hockey is he no I mean, I think he's one of three
1: coaches to have coached across something like five or been involved in the NHL in five decades or something. Uh, He's coached over three decades and uh, he's been behind the bench more than any other coach. I think something like that. Um, I mean, whoever stars played in the final, he probably would have been at them at some point. He's been at quite a, quite a lot of teams. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the interesting thing is that he obviously came in halfway through the season Unexpectedly, because of uh, Jim Montgomery uh, leaving, and at the time, I didn't really know too much about him, and I didn't really. He 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 was quite quiet and reserved, and he didn't really come across um, that great to me anyway.
0: Uh, He was. He got promoted, didn't he?
1: Yes, he he was was already in. Yeah, yeah, and he got promoted, and 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 as the season's gone on, he's kind of put his stamp on this team a bit more in terms of the. The, the system he's got more um, comfortable being a, a head coach he didn't want to be a head coach you know he, he only took the job because Jim Neil the GM asked him so nicely to fill in the hole left by having to sack the, the man like the coach um, so he did it out of, of kindness really um, and then the players just love him they call him bones um, they have a laugh and a joke with him all the time and if you listen to all the players jamie ben said they want to win for him so this guy's been in hockey so long and he's so respected by the players that they want to win from him and that i think that's a big part of why they don't give up and why they've done so well because they'd want to win for each other, but they also want to win for the coach. And i think that's really important the coach it shows how important the coach can be um, and I think every story you hear about uh bones everyone loves him I've, i mean his interview with um Elliot freeman and um, Jeff je yeah jeff been, marrick a couple of a couple of months ago was just was just brilliant some of the stories he's got um you know he, he's he been in hockey his whole life. And it's Jim Neal says he's got the head coach's job if he wants it. And and the, it's the, if he wants it bit that's interesting because he's obviously earned it and he's obviously good at it, but he's, I think he's in his seventies. I mean, there was talk of him not even coming to the bubble because of how dangerous it could be At, at training camp. He was wearing a mask and wouldn't even come down to the bench. Because he was so worried, and now look, he's in the Stanley Cup final. But isn't it, isn't it interesting? Because bear in mind, roll back a year or so,
2: and you know Jim Neal is saying that you know the Dallas Stars stars are horse crap, like they're. Well, that wasn't basi- Jim Neal, but yeah, yeah. So he's basically calling out the players and you know his GM in in not putting in enough effort and saying that they've got to up their game, and it's incredible that you know a coach like this who's come in and under the circumstances that he did has been able to unite those players and has been able to put through just such an incredible kind of performance that they have done against some really really tough teams along the way and it's not necessarily been those stars that have have pushed them through it's been some of those people Away from you know, I, I I mean I don't know I'm not I'm not an expert on the Dallas Stars, but you know from what I've seen, Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan have not had you know out of this world playoffs. It's been the guys around them that have done it, and these managed to get those guys to perform at a much higher level.
1: So Jamie Ben's actually had a really good uh, last couple of series. Uh, he's probably playing the best uh, hockey he's played for the last couple of years. Sagan points wise is doing terribly. I think he's got, hasn't scored a goal in, I don't know, 10 games or something. Um, but what's interesting about both of them is they are putting their body on the line and doing the dirty stuff. The stuff Claire was saying on the boards, you know, in the corners, the, the stick battles, um, the block shots. I mean, Sagan has blocked, I think three from memory, absolutely fantastic blocks that probably won us, to, won us a game, you know, um, and he's gone off down the tunnel, and he's shook it off and come straight back on the ice, and It's like the team is just working together and and trying to trying to win four bones for for each other and I think I mean you touched on something earlier about the chirping of Vegas. I mean do you think that Vegas are missing that those those winners that we keep talking about, because they've fallen short three years running now. Having got very close Seems crazy doesn't it Talking about Vegas As a team who's fallen short
2: Bear in mind the success That they've had in there
1: But But The the chirping thing They're a very um, They're a very cocky team That seems to have come out From all the reporters That they're really cocky And they chirp a lot And they, they They give a lot of stick And I just wonder Whether they're Too confident And they're missing that That Player in the dressing room To Actually tell them To shut up a bit and actually, get them over the line. Um, I don't know. It's just an observation.
0: I think the first, their, their first order of business, they said, is to sort out their goalie situation because you know, is it actually the end of the road for Mark Flurry, uh, As we said, Robin Lenna's going to be, you know, a free agent come a few, literally a few day's time. So, what are they going to do there?
2: The problem is they've got though is that they want to sign Lenna and you know after that playoff performance who why wouldn't you but then you know flurry's got something like a 7 million dollar contract for another couple of years and who who in their right covid mind like times is going to it's going to sign a 7 million dollar goaltender it's going to take uh, it's going to take a lot I, I i don't know what vegas are missing and because they do come across as kind of the complete team cuz they have got They've got really skillful forwards. They've got some gritty players in there. They've got incredible goaltending. They've probably got the best goaltending tandem in the NHL once they uh, they got Lena in there. I don't really know what they're missing, really. And I don't know even if they are missing anything because I think they just came up against a team in Dallas who were willing to grind them down. And I think Vegas would have probably beaten most teams in the West. And yet Dallas were, you know, they were just they were willing to to grind them down all that way and not let, you know, a, a bad game two get in their heads and and they turn around. I think a word also has to be given to to Anton Hudobin as well, because the Dallas Stars have done this entire playoff run to the Stanley Cup final with their backup goaltender. But I mean, I mean bar Vegas, there aren't many teams who would be confident enough to win a series let alone a playoff run with their backup goaltender and he'd never
1: started a playoff game
2: <laughs> yeah, i know and now he's been talked about as like the hottest free agent potentially up this summer and it's incredible what he's done but then you know you look at Varlamov as well against um Tampa Bay uh, you know he has played out of his skin um, for the New York Islanders. And Thomas Grice had a really good playoff as well in the few games that he played. But, but I just think O'Dobin has, has, you know, bar the odd game where he hasn't quite looked right, he has been stellar all the way through. And it's going to be really difficult for teams coming, you know, through these next couple of years, knowing that the Seattle draft is coming up, that, that having a goaltending tandem as good as that is going to be really difficult. But Matt, if we'd have said to you at the start of the playoffs, okay, so you didn't, you didn't know, um, you kind of, you know, with no foresight or no hindsight, sorry, um, if we'd have said to you Ben Bishop doesn't play a single game for you in the playoffs, I appreciate he did play a little bit of a game, but let's ignore that. Ben Bishop doesn't play you a single game in the playoffs. Would you have said that you stood a chance of getting to the Stanley Cup
0: final?
1: No. There you go. I mean, I so so. It's not a surprise to me that Dobby's been brilliant because he led the league in save percentage. You shouldn't forget that. He had a good season and he played plenty of games and he's been good for the last couple of years. But I've never seen him start consistently for long periods of time. And so I think that's why I wouldn't have believed we stood a chance against the Stanley Cup final. Not because I don't know that he's a good goaltender, but not seen him start a consistent a consistent run like he's had to do but I actually think that's where he's excelled is and it's really suited him is just knowing he's going to play again in two days time you know the odd bad game that he has had you know 48 hours you're back on the ice and you can you can kind of start all over again and I think he's just really battled he's not a big guy He's, he, at times he scares the hell out of me because he moves so far out of his net both forward and sideways but he's, he's been incredible
0: Where are you at with, with injuries? I mean we're hearing with, with Tampa that Steven Stamkos might come back and that's almost like hey let's just pull out a little hidden rocket yeah. for Tampa Where are you at? Because I mean I know you've had a few days rest and, and this is where I suppose in the last round New York Islanders um, didn't have as much time to catch up did they as Tampa had rested and then that was that crazy game one where Tampa won 8-2 against New York Islanders yep. and they just took a, you know advantage of the fact that they were playing a tired team but you are rested you do have some injuries but yeah I mean are, are I they think, are they goners or are they like well, you reckon ben, they're gonna show
1: Ben Bishop's still out or unfit to play as they say so's uh, Stephen Johns he's been out for pretty much the whole playoffs um Radek Fax, uh, is, he went out during the, the Vegas series.
0: Who are um, these guys? I don't know them. Are they like D? Are they are they forwards? So
1: Stephen Johns is defenseman, and, and Fax is uh, sort of a third-line centre. Um, but I think at this stage, both teams are going to have injuries. Both teams are going to have loads of players that are actually playing through injuries. I think I could probably name three or four stars who I think are injured,
0: mm. but are
1: just playing through it. Um and I think uh, you know Tampa will be exactly the same. It's usually the exit interviews after this, the playoffs where they they say all the the injuries. I remember Hints last year played game six, or game seven against St Louis with a broken foot. You know, um, and no, it's like these players just play on through everything.
0: Just you mentioned um, St Louis, and we've we've obviously just talked about Jim Montgomery, who was. Dallas Stars coach he came out saying that he'd been struggling um, with alcohol abuse Um, he has gone to get treatment in a rehabilitation program and so this week it was announced that he was um, uh, hired by St Louis Blues as assistant head coach any comment on that? Uh,
1: Really pleased for him because I mean I really liked him as a coach He, he he deserves a lot of credit for where the stars are because he changed the mentality of the team. Um, after after Lindy Ruff and, and Hutch came back, uh, Hitch even came back, he he changed the, the mentality. And, you know, I, I was sad to see him go. And I'm really pleased for him that he's managed to get himself sober and get himself another job. I'm just sad that it's with St. Louis. But, <laughs> but St. Louis is his home. He's got a lot of family there, so I can understand him. That's uh, so nice. I'm, re- I'm really pleased that, you know, he's sober. He's got a job and he's around his family. I think that's the best scenario for him, so.
0: I think um, he did an interview with The Athletic a couple of months ago. I'm sure I shared it on my Twitter, and, and I thought it was really, really powerful interview where he kind of just outed himself, I think. And it was very – I mean, The Athletic is great for digging. Like, uh, there was appropriate amount of time that he left to kind of allow the divorce to linger and then he kind of came out and said, this is what happened. This is why, this is what I'm doing about it. And, you know, even people like Robin Lenner, you know, the fact that where he came from two years ago, if you're new to this, um, you know, to NHL, go and dig out those two interviews, stories, Robin Lenner um, and Bobby Jim Ryan. Montgomery.
1: Bobby Ryan and yeah. Ottawa oh coming back and scoring a hat trick in his first game back, you know. I think, I think there's probably a lot more sort of alcoholism Going on in sport than we than we know about, and I think stories because like they're this,
0: playing through injuries,
1: yeah and I think stories like jim montgomery and and Bobby Ryan and Lena and all of that it's it's really good for people to know that you can get through it and you can sort yourself out and I think Montgomery came out this week and said that the the sacking was the best thing that's ever happened to him because it woke him up it's exactly what he needed he needed somebody to say this is not acceptable you need to sort yourself out and it's it's changed his life he said he's, he feels the best he's ever felt so
0: yeah wow. really pleased for him. um another person in a new job um washington capitals have a new coach uh peter like lavalette <laughs> no that'll end up being something bizarre like seattle god know, who knows <laughs> Peter he was tipped it. For that.
2: Do you know, I read an article that he obviously he was tipped for that and he interviewed for the Washington job and the re, one of the reasons why he didn't get it was because of the noise around Mike Babcock. Well done Leafs fans, well done. We can do nothing else but create
0: noise. <laughs> wow. I mean, what, what do we think? I, I don't really know what to expect from the Washington Capitals. I, I just thought that they were a bit met. Since they win the Cup, I'm a bit like... Other than Ovi, I mean... Brayden, um, not Brayden, Holtby, what's his he's face?
2: A, he's a UFA, isn't he? The it? goalie.
0: Yeah, they're saying, look, we're letting you go. It's like kind of saying, like in Love Island, where they're like, I'll keep seeing you and keep coupling with you, but I am actually going to be talking to other people and getting to know with us. It's like... I
2: might surprise you, Claire, but you've lost me. On ah,
0: come reference. on. I um, know that you watch, secretly watch Love Island USA. <laughs> no,
2: but I... I don't know what to expect with the Capitals. I mean, Laviolette had a really good time in Nashville and you know he had a, he had a very good run there. Um, they're a bit of a funny team, aren't they? Because the Capitals have, for years and years and years, been that team that nearly nearly won the Stanley Cup, nearly won the Stanley Cup, nearly won the Stanley Cup, and then they won the Stanley Cup. And it was almost like, well, I don't know. Kind of what do we do lost, now? They lost their identity in a way because they won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> And uh, it's crazy, and they've got insane amount of talent in that team, and uh, and they could turn it round easily because they've got a good few years of Ovechkin left. But
0: couldn't you say the same about Pittsburgh Penguins? Um, you yeah, know, they, they were they great. They've multiple. got talent. Yeah, but more recently, the last couple of seasons, you know, you've got Sidney Crosby there, and they just have struggled to get it together. You know, it was they were swept out last season. They really didn't even get started this season. There is an embarrassing performance in the playoffs for a team that in the last five years, five years, have won the Cup. I I would be disappointed.
2: They're obviously still pushing for it. I mean, the trade they did with the Leafs to get Kapanen for a first-round pick. I mean, they're not giving up that first-round pick if they don't think they're going for it in the next few years. And I I think Jim Rutherford, their GM, is always going to be want to to keep pushing while Crosby and Malkin are in their starting lineup and they've got some financial issues that they've got to to sort out and you know they're not necessarily going to be a cap team this year and there's going to be a whole the NHL whatever next year is is going to look completely different because there are going to be teams that you know we used to assume were right up there at the top that are going to have some real financial issues to deal with but In terms of those teams, Washington and Pittsburgh and all of that, I don't expect them to come back any weaker except for the fact that they might have to do some juggling um, to kind of lower some salary and and, and to deal with their own internal caps that they've got. Talking of, um, very quickly, uh, articles on The Athletic. I read an article this week, and I do love The Athletic, as you were saying, as you were mentioning, and um <laughs> james myrtle did a, an article on the leafs uh um uh what's it called drafting that's it sorry drafting and uh he basically went back and said that uh he went over this fictional scenario where he went back and redrafted the leafs draft picks over the last like it was 10 years he did and It was the most sickening article I have ever read, Claire, as a Leafs fan. Because you go through the types of players that the Leafs have passed on and the players that they have drafted. And I'm sure it's the case for all teams. And I'm sure if they did the same scenario for all teams, it would be the case. But my God, it was horrific. And the only reason I mention it is because you know how you got a nice little DM from your Elliot Friedman, Jeff Merrick. Um, a couple of months Oh you just
0: drop drop that in Yeah. No, I thought
2: I would for you Well Thanks. James Myrtle gave me a little retweet And saying that you should uh, subscribe to The Athletic And uh, the comments that came back From Leafs fans were just brilliant It was just Yeah can you imagine And people were like sending me line combinations That you could have had If the Leafs had drafted more effectively And I just kept responding Going this isn't helping with my nausea here Like this is horrific And I'm sure all teams <laughs> go through that But we've got another draft coming up. Is it like the 9th of October? Something like that?
0: I mean, I just, I love the fact that you still, you always manage to bring every conversation back to the Leafs. Whereas me, I have just drawn the line and I'm not even, until Stanley Cup final is done, until we start to see, you know what's in the, the the free agent market and the drafts I'm not even interested I haven't <laughs> read or listened to a podcast about the Leafs and it's been brilliant Matt's sitting there going for
2: god's sake the Stanley Cup final starting in like two hey. nights time and you're talking about the draft on the 9th of
1: October I, yeah I was, I was just about to chime in on on Washington and, and Pittsburgh and then you bring it back to the Leafs out yeah. of nowhere
2: it's all that matters
0: It's like, get the fishing line out and just basically (laughs) reel them back in. Um, I think maybe uh, in a couple of weeks, what we'll have to do after the draft has happened, maybe that's at the point where we do a little extra podcast where we kind of decode our thoughts about who, what, trades, drafts, what we're kind of thinking. Um, Because I think there's just so many if, buts and maybes that can kind of unfold with that. Um, oh, the other thing I was, um, which uh, James Reeve um, tweeted us about was about Ottawa Senators have a new logo. Wow. It's well, amazing. They need, they Everyone's Googling it right now. I mean, what the hell? Why release that now? Like, there's no point. What a pointless PR stunt. And that's yeah, but, all I have to say about that.
2: Yeah, they've got, they've got nothing going on, have they, so...
0: Right, tomorrow, uh, we are recording this on Friday, whenever this goes out. Saturday, uh, the 19th of September, is when the Stanley Cup final begins. Is um, it Saturday? Is that what is it, it is? Tomorrow. It is. Yep, tomorrow. So, um, I guess there's not really much for us to say other than to do a stupid prediction of who's going to win it, how many goals, and how many games... And please, Lord, I hope Jolon says Tampa. <laughs>
2: yes. I was hoping you'd, I wasn't going to bring up predictions, but I'm really glad you did.
0: I mean, oh I just, predict. I don't think, I don't think we should get Matt to predict because I think it's too, I mean, I've got Andy who's tweeted us here. He's a Dallas fan, just, you know, to support you, Matt. And he says Dallas in five because he wants to celebrate it on his day off on Sunday. Uh, he says Radulov with the winner in game five. Either way, what a playoff for Dallas! Couldn't agree more.
1: <laughs> you're, you're in dream world.
0: Rachel obviously said Tampa in seven. Uh, I I am going to say Dallas in seven in an overtime winner, oh. uh, and I reckon oh. there's going to be twenty-one goals. I will have. I'm not going to say what, what, you what are overtime. <laughs> Four overtimes or something like that, like Why would overtime
1: you predict in game that? seven of a Stanley Overt- Cup final. Because
0: game seven. Let's look let's look at the statistics here. Dallas's games have mostly been decided in a late appearance and Tampa has got the most overtimeness of the playoffs. So Put these two together, we're going to have an overtime winner in game seven.
2: Yeah, but you see that little box down there as a, a Matt Day box down. Why would you wish that upon anyone? <laughs> like, why would you wish an overtime game seven? Can you just think what that would do if you were a Leafs fan? It's just how it is. Like, that's just.
0: <laughs> so, what what are you saying, Jolon?
2: <sighs> I really don't know. I don't know. I thought Dallas were going to beat the Islanders if they got through, because I think they had a bit more um, attacking threat than they did.
0: Stop filling. Just get to the point.
2: I, 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 do you know what? I'm not filling. I genuinely don't know because I I think I think yeah, Tampa are the favourites to win, no doubt. They've they've you know they've beaten some really big teams. So so Dallas, of course, to get to the Stanley Cup final. Um, If I was putting money on it, I would say Tampa. But I think, I think if it does go to game seven, I think Dallas will win. Because I think that, that grit and that kind of perseverance that they've had over the series, they have pushed that. I think Tampa's best opportunity is to blow Dallas away early on and to keep pushing on. So I think it'll either be Tampa in five or Dallas in seven.
0: If Dallas Stars win, in whatever way they win... I will start the next episode playing some of that Pantera song from 1999. I'm about How about that? that
2: goal song of theirs? That freaking Dallas.
1: That is star. the song. She's talking. Well, about.
0: don't he- You don't. You don't hear it very often. Let's face it, Dolan. Dolan. Uh, Dolan. <laughs> I've like joined Dobby and Jolon Gosh. together.
2: I wish I had half of his goaltending skill.
0: You wait a long time to hear, as Matt yeah. found out, to hear the goal song. Um, so how about that? Is that a good enough deal, Matt? What
2: do, you, what do you
1: reckon, Matt? What's your prediction? I'm not going to predict, but I I don't mind us being the underdogs. We've been the underdogs in the last two rounds, and it kind of suits us. You know, the, spoken about the grit and determination, and, and I just think that just adds fuel to the fuel to fire. What we didn't talk about was the fact that Dallas didn't touch the trophy, but Tampa did. So the superstition about the uh, conference final trophies That yeah. you're, not, you're not meant to touch it Because the one you want to touch is the Stanley Cup final And touching the trophy is meant to be bad luck And Dallas didn't touch it, but Tampa did you know what, what does that mean? Nothing, that's what it means It <laughs> means
2: absolutely nothing Because the game of hockey is going to be what decides The Stanley <laughs> Cup final, some weird voodoo
0: <laughs> no, yeah so, so you can't, you can't it, say that because then Jamie Ben walks underneath a ladder but Stephen Stamkos doesn't I mean do you
2: th- is Stephen Stamkos going to play in the the final of he, course not he been, is
1: he's not been ruled out so they've not said that he's fit for game one but that's seen, an X factor isn't it not ruled him out I mean who knows
2: what he's going to be like after this long a layoff but I remember he hasn't, played
1: since, he hasn't I, played since February I
2: was he still gets say, a ring
0: does he still get a ring yeah, if he wins
2: course. if you're Stephen Stamkos you get a ring <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i just i just want to say also at this point we should congratulate matt on winning our um, nhl fans from afar fantasy hockey league as well because we i can't believe we've never done this <laughs> but he did he won it and of course there was no playoffs because the end of the season got canned but he won it by an absolute storm one of my favorite stories from that um fantasy hockey league was when the covid came in and the league was suspended i noticed somebody in our league redrafted stamkos <laughs> who was injured for ages. And I thought, that is clever. Like, he's thinking, this is great. Bring Stamkos in. Yeah, he's out for six months, but hockey's not going to be back for ages. And who knows, he might have been right. He Stamkos might come back and win the Stanley Cup playoffs. Wouldn't that be a story? Sorry, Matt. Sorry. sorry.
0: Or the guy, Dobby, in goal for Dallas, who'd never played a playoff game before, in his first playoff For NHL goes on to win it. I mean,
2: what? Good good luck re-signing him.
0: Look, Kerry Price will be like crying his eyes out, won't he? Anyway, let's leave it there because it's it's too much to comprehend. Matt needs a good night's sleep. I can smell my falafel burgers downstairs, and I've got to go and wash a bit of the fake tan off. So, um,
2: unbelievable.
0: I think we should. I did not have
2: you down as a fake tan kind of person.
0: It's I'm pale. It's it's getting into be winter. I've got look like I've got a bit of colour. It saves me wearing makeup. You should try it, Jolon.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, thanks very much for listening. You can follow us at NHL Afar on Twitter. You can email us NHL at When are we gmail.com. gonna be back, Claire? When are we gonna be back? I think whenever this series, it's easy if we just do a podcast after the each, each round. What are we so, going to do
2: after, after the cup has been lifted? After Dallas has, after Jamie Ben has hoisted the cup above his head?
0: What I really want to hear, like I did a few months ago when I had to go through that nine round playoff um, uh, penalty shootout, I want Matt to be holding his phone and recording it as live in the final moments of the last game. As long as I've got a
1: bleep bleep button.
2: (laughs) If I had to record my thoughts during Game 7 versus Boston last year, you have to record your thoughts as Jamie cup And hands it to Dobby. Just think about it, Matt. Just think about it.
0: You're not meant to say that because you just cursed him. (laughs) This is the end. The next episode you hear, we will start with Pantera, or maybe we won't. Have a great week. And don't bother sleeping because there's no point. Just watch hockey. Oh my God, Matt! I don't I don't know how you're going to cope. Oh, neither do I.